Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never ever about food or weight. Never ever. Not even. One time. Not ever. Ever ever. Hello everyone. This is Laura Lee Rourke and it's not about food podcasts. Today we're talking about feelings and fat thoughts. On the front of the card, the goddess has like a thought bubble behind her. And in the thought bubble is too fat, too flat, too big, too little, too old, too flabby. All the things that a lot of us who have had eating disorders and severe body hatred, the things that go around in our head all the time, whether we want them to or not. And like people who love us, the little deer animal has a big question mark above its head. Like, what are you even talking about? One of the things in the fat bubble is good enough yet? Question mark. And it's like, of course you're good enough. I love you. That's what I always think to myself when I hear somebody running themselves down their body or themselves. And like, I don't see that about you at all. Not at all. Not a bit. So it is our own kind of insanity that goes on in this crazy mind of a person with a lot of body hatred or an eating disorder. So on the back of the card, it says, fat thoughts are the kind of thoughts we have when we are criticizing our bodies, calling them too fat, too ugly, too big, or too whatever. These thoughts are learned from our cultural fat prejudice and body hatred. Sometimes when we are young and experience shame or uncomfortable feelings, we change them into body hatred. When we begin to understand that our fat thoughts and body hatred are learned, then we can take the blame off of our body and process the deeper feelings in the far more constructive and fulfilling ways. So for me, when we wrote this card, this is one thing that I talk a lot about at Beyond Hunger and in my own individual practice with people is that These thoughts were learned. They were given to you. You did not come to the earth thinking these things about yourself. They were learned and you can unlearn them. Just like learning that, like in my grandfather's time, they thought if you left the windows open at night, you would get the flu. At some point, they had to unlearn that and go, actually, it's okay to have windows open at night. (laughs) That's not a true statement. So it's sort of like that. Or we thought that we could catch COVID by the packages that were delivered to our house by Amazon. And at the beginning of COVID, you know, it was wiping everything off with alcohol. And then we learned, no, actually, you're not going to get COVID that way. So you don't have to do that. It's sort of like that. It's still saying this was a thought or this was an idea that's not really true. The other part about that for me was if I called myself fat or stupid or ugly or wrong, I knew how that felt. I didn't know how it felt to be lonely or scared or have big feelings that I didn't know what to do with. 
So I would call myself names rather than feel the feeling of despair, if you will. And when I realized it was, oh, it's a way I'm trying to help myself, not a very great way, but it was a way that I was able to let it go. And then challenge when I would have these fat thoughts, challenge it and say, one thing I learned how to say was, if I wasn't thinking about this, what would I be thinking? (laughs) If I wasn't feeling this, what would I be feeling? And a lot of times it's, oh, my feelings are really hurt, or my heart is broken, or I'm scared about the way the world is going. And it's much easier to just think I'm too fat, because then I could do something about it, I could lose weight, instead of being afraid of a whole other country. (laughs) And I know for me, when I learned that, I could put it all in its proper place. Oh, I'm feeling this, instead of feeling what's really going on, help me then to know what to do about that other thing. And a lot of times it was just to feel it, to just acknowledge it, be okay with it. And if I could do something about it, of course I would, but just to put it in its proper place was a big thing for me. So I am really grateful to have this wonderful person who's gonna be talking to us about feelings and fat thoughts or just about what she's doing in the world, which is a lot of good for sure. And I'll let her introduce herself and tell us what's going on in her neighborhood. Thank you so much, Lorley. It's such a delight to be here and to see you and interact, you know, because we get to be on the video. So it's always wonderful to be in the company of other colleagues and like-spirited folks who really think this is an important thing for us to heal rather than let it be kind of the norm, which I still so much of the norm to like our bodies, to struggle with food. You know, it's so normalized that or common that we think it's normal, but it's important to differentiate that just because it's common, it's not normal. Even if it's not, even if you're not in an eating disorder, it can still rob your life of so much um, joy and pleasure and depth and yumminess. So I just love coming together to do this. So thank you. Yeah, it's like here, the norm is to love the body that you have and be okay with it and know that we're going to probably have struggles here and there, but we're human and that's what's going to be. So this is the norm in this little area. Yeah. We're making it the norm. We're changing it. Radical, right? Exactly. Radical divergent behavior. Look at us. What do they call it? Uh, Sassy women or whatever. Anyways. So thank you. Thank you for holding this, creating this space, holding this space and inviting me into it. This is the stuff I love to try to be as much of a support as I can be for others like you do and had the painful journey myself. First of all, I'm Julie Norman. My background in education wise is dietetics as a registered dietitian for 15 years working predominantly in eating disorders treatment. And I'm also a registered yoga teacher, experienced level, so I can do continuing education with that, a lot of experience in trauma-informed yoga, which sense for the body image, eating disorder recovery work. I'm also a certified health coach and an equine-assisted therapy equine specialist. So I do some work. Horses were a huge part of my healing journeys. I'm certified through gala to do that work as well. And if I can ever get clients around horses, I try to. I always say a horse was my first yoga teacher. I believe horses taught me yoga first, and then I learned the system of yoga traditionally, but so many common things. Right now, my practice is Julie Norman. Yoga, practice, play, find your way. I feel like that's what yoga 
that's what life should be. It is a practice. We have to work and all kinds of levels play along with that, you know, have fun. Even if we don't figure it out, we'll never have it all figured out and find your way in your unique way. And there's very many paths find your way, not the you know, this, way this person did or the <laughs> way. Yes. <laughs> So um, I still have the eating, dis- you know, I, people know me, you know, yoga and eating disorders don't do the nutrition aspect anymore, kind of had that that had its time and really found that doing the work through yoga on peaceful body image, eating in alignment, creative expression of self that that it went deeper and got to the foundation of things rather than just nutrition therapy has its place, of course, but my recovery started with body peace and that took care of so much of the food stuff. And like you said so eloquently, it's not about the food. Well, it's also not about feeling fat and thinking you're fat. It's the same parallel. And my signature, I have a signature yoga course called Body Karma Healing. Change your body image, change the world. Oh my gosh, I love that. Truly, I believe this is one of the final frontiers of women's disempowerment. And that keeps such a huge healing creative, powerful force from the world and the final frontier, because we end up leaving ourselves trapped in it. You know, we've got to set ourselves free. Of course, we're kind of at a systemic level as well, but that individual level is huge. Right. And the body acceptance goes across everywhere. So it doesn't matter what color the body is, or if the body is queer, or if the body has some sort of something going wrong with it, or getting... Yeah. or older or you know or it just doesn't matter it's, it's like in women who run with wolves one of the things that this woman says in this book is that can you walk up a hill or can you get up the hill then you have a good body you know yeah. it doesn't oh, yeah. matter how you get up the hill can you do it or Eve Ensler in a good body talks about it's a good tree own your tree, love your tree. Can you hold a child? Can you pick up a piece of paper? Can you write something? You know, whatever. It's a good body, no matter what it can do. It's a good Mm -hmm. body. There's not a bad. Right, exactly. Even if it can't do things, even if you need to push up the hill in a wheelchair, that's still a good body. And the body is this, the way I think about my body is it is a conduit for life force energy it's not this singer and that's the yoga piece right it's not separate individual right or wrong thing functioning in its own microcosm it is this dynamic instrument that communicates to us and others that is again dynamic there's the whole idea of like taking our bodies backwards or changing them to a static point of a certain percent of body fat or a certain state a certain age or it's like well you're basically saying i'm going to resist life as life you know and what's the definition of stress is a resistance of reality so if you want to be stressed and unhappy then go ahead and do that try to hold life still you wouldn't hold your toddler at three years old you want them to grow into four years old and hit those development stages and learn and our body's learning with us one of my favorite personal affirmations is Forgive me, body, I'm still learning. Oh my gosh, I love that. 
because it's so even just like did too much gardening yesterday and woke up with sore shoulders forgive me body i'm still learning you know because i have my agenda there were whispers hey maybe let's stop now no i want to get this done and then you know instead we wake up and like i'm so old and what's wrong with me or i need to do more yoga or i need to do more straight to me and it's this is this and i think it oh marion woodman the lines of clarissa pincola estes speaks of the body as a consort, sacred friends. She is not out to get you, however you identify it. Wants to feel good, wants to be, and with this feelings and thoughts aspect, it's really interesting because the experience of just the three words, I feel fat, almost, I've yet to do a presentation, be in a group of people and not share that, hey, raise your hand if you've ever felt fat. Everybody knows what that feels like. In the room, shape, size, age, color, knows what I'm talking about, knows what you're talking about. And that it's an experience and it's an experience made up of feelings and thoughts. And like you were said, our programming in yoga, we call that samskara, right? These entrenched ways of thinking and feeling and even behaving that get scientifically wired into our neurology, but it's even deeper than that. Samskara is even deeper than just what did we learn once we were born in this lifetime. It's ancestral, and you don't have to believe in even past lives. It's just the oppression of the feminine energy. Right. And what was handed to you. And I see this, I see, you know, white male privilege and my stepson's my husband's very feminist and, and liberal and, and all that. And he hates to like, when I nudge, like, yeah, there's that thing showing up. And he's like, no, I didn't learn that. They didn't have to learn it. It's observed in my own personal recovery journey and in working with so many clients over the years is that this experience, I call it an experience, the fat experience is just that. It's a whole experience, not just a thought. Even though it might seem like that's where our awareness comes in, that those critical thoughts but from the yoga perspective, I love yoga because it goes deeper than the CBT, the cognitive behavioral yes. framework. We think it's just about the thoughts and certainly we can work on shifting our thoughts and beliefs and affect how we feel. But that has this limitation and that I think only really gets to those learned aspects on this time, what's deeper is the other way. It's, you know, chicken or egg, which came first, but <laughs> the deep, deep wounds, our feelings, the ones that come from the second chakra up, they trigger that vritti. In yoga, the critical, worried, thinking mind is vritti, V-R-I-T-T-I. And yoga, meditation, you know, all the aspects of yoga aren't about trying to change the mind, but rather transcend it by witnessing with compassion, that compassionate awareness. And that alone will change it. Yes. But if we get try to control the body or the thoughts or the emotions, we create more resistance. And what does resistance feel like? It feels heavy. It feels icky. It feels gross. It feels disgusting. All these things we say about our body is really this language of something's out of alignment, things are imbalanced, and we're trying to affect change to our whole experience on just that one level, on just losing weight. There's all these other layers. It's like being with what is, right? And putting your arm around that and holding that and loving that. When I was thinking about learning how to accept and love the body that I had, no matter what, also meant as I grow old and 
(laughs) That was a whole other level, a whole other level. And I was talking about this to somebody and they said, I don't have that sort of cultural idea that I have to grow old. And I just looked at him and went, good luck with that. (laughs) Because if you're going to be here, things are going to change. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and he's like, well, I don't have to believe that I need classes. I said, well, if you can see, but if you can't see, it's a good idea to get them. You know, it just makes it a little easier. So just coming up against, it was almost like a getting older diet. You know, they did not want to do it. So they were going to control it. It was like, well, that does never work. And it's spiritual bypassing. It's that ego. We're like totally, oh, oh, okay. Hi, God. Nice to meet you. Now, I do believe we are God, (laughs) you know, from the yoga perspective. Of course. But it's the non-duality. We're God, but we're in this physical form and we are, you know, vulnerable, but we don't want to believe that. Yeah, that's such an interesting, you know, we're wired to keep ourselves out of suffering, but the suffering is, again, our ego resisting reality. Well, it's like our brain. I'm going to show my age by saying this, but like the how, the computer how in 2001, which we've We've already gone by, but that, um, (laughs) you know, tells us, this brain tells us, oh, no, you're not going to die. No, you're not going to get old. No, you're not going to get fat. No, you can't do this. It tries to control everything because that's its job as a computer, you know, but our bodies are so much more like, let's do it. Why not? Let's try. Let's live. And then, of course, our spirit is just the possibilities are endless. And to blend those together, body, mind, and spirit is the key, really. Well, that's what the whole system of yoga is for. The How do we deal with the duality of we are these time-transcendent vessels, you know, spark of the divine, Atman Vidya, we are God, and yet we're in this human experience. And so finding that union with the not even the thing we say at the end of our yoga practice, to, whether we practice with ourselves or with somebody else, the namaste, I see the spirit in you. My spirit sees the spirit in you. I mean, what a beautiful thing to say to people and to ourselves as we get off the mat. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I- when you're whining with it's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed. Storygram Network. Yeah, we're not saying my 20% body fat honors your 20% <laughs> Or my God is better than your God, or my yoga practice is better than yours. We're all coming to the mat. We're all here doing what we need to do. It's beautiful. And I also think as you were talking, you said you sort of gave up your dietitian thing, that actually you are still working on that. Because any time that we tell ourselves to listen to our bodies, that's the best dietitian in the world. My body knows I like this. I don't like that. I want this. I don't want that. That's too much. That's not enough. I'm not hungry. I am now full. It's friggin' simple. 
it's it is it's simple but hard at the same time right because it requires healing through all that conditioning that we can't trust ourselves when i did yoga teacher training i was so like oh my gosh this is what i knew and i knew this sitting in a pew i'm, I'm working on an essay right now as part of i'm actually writing my body karma healing book right now that i wanted to do for a long time and i'm doing a series of essays for my own experiences right now to figure out where those fit in and one of them is called sacraments and i'm writing about this experience i can remember so clearly you know being an eight-year-old you know a second grader seven years old even and sitting in the church pew and being told from the sermon i had to go to catholic psr classes you're a sinner that you came here broken and i can so clear I can remember what i had on i can remember how i felt and i just thought no, I'm not. Right. I didn't do anything wrong. And, and as, and that was, we were being prepared for communion, first communion. And so we had to go to confession. We had to wear a little bride outfit. <laughs> and we had to go to confession, go in a small room with a strange man, talk and shame yourself. That's a whole nother tangent. But I felt so uncomfortable because I was making up sins because I was seven. <laughs> we didn't have any sins. And you know what I did? I was at the grocery store with my mom. I stole mints because I wanted to be honest about you wanted to have something. I wanted to be honest in confession. And that kind of the same dynamic with that idea that our, I mean, it's all connected, that our bodies are, are broken and out to get us. It's such a radical shift to know that's not true. And, and deep down, when we really sit and feel, we know that. We know that. So coming back to that truth. So to listen, like you said, it's so simple, listen to your body. But that means healing ancestral trauma around being disconnected, having that ages and ages and you know? ages. And so when I feel fat happens, this is what I teach folks. When the fat experience takes over you, that is that bump, like you said, up against the ego that we created to be safe in the world, to go along with the storyline and our truest, deepest voice and self and wisdom. And what is, I have lots of acronyms in my program, you know, fat is fear, anxiety, tension. Fear is a very primal emotion. And I have all this on my website up for free. It's under the body piece tab and the book will expand upon all of it much more, but there's a very comprehensive free course in there, yoga-based videos, all kinds of good stuff, practice guides, fear, anxiety, tension, the most primal fear we have as humans is that we'll lose love and acceptance. Yeah. And not only do we lose the people around us love and acceptance, when we're tiny babies, we have to have that or we're lost because we had no car keys at one year old. I had no money. I had no plan. I will need. I had to conform, whatever that took. And also that we lose ourselves. Which, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I jump ship all the time away from me, all the time. I didn't know anything different. Setting. It's like, yeah. leave me behind and go with her because she has the keys to the car. And I noticed my dogs are like me. They'll give themselves up for me. My cat will never nope. do that. My <laughs> <laughs> cat's. My cat will just move to a different house. I'd be like, no, this is not how we're doing this. This is how that. Let me, let me give you the plan. Here it goes. No, yeah. I can even tell you the plan. I'm just going to do it and you get a deal. Right. So <laughs> I remember having this thought many years ago of I'm going to be more like a cat and just be like, yeah, I'm just going to push that off on the floor. I'm not eating it. 
that's what I feel like doing. Yeah, I'm doing it. No excuses. I don't explain myself to anybody. So that fear that primal fear is if we do live from our truest selves, we will be left alone, you know, that that we won't be killed. So that's the whole conformity. Anxiety is how it manifests. That's all the thoughts. But as as sad as that core and fear is ego, you know, the ego is made up of fear and that false self, I call it the false self and the true self that gets created. Anxiety is how it manifests. That's all the dieting. That's all the behaviors, all the obsession, all that. And that creates tension. It's that tension is between, like you said earlier, the mind, body, soul, spirit, whatever you call that third aspect of ourselves. And then that tension vibrates out into every aspect of our lives, every aspect. So the first thing I tell folks, okay, when you're in the fat experience, when we're in that fear, anxiety, and tension, but how do we want to feel? We want to feel free. And that acronym is fully restored to ecstatic embodiment. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. So body. I know it's a big one. It's a tall order, but that's our birth rate. It's so true though. That's our birth rate. That's exactly right. You know, I have clients that when they say, I'm too afraid to give up a diet. What if I, I don't know, fill in the blank. What if things happen? And it's like, you have to go to that acceptance. You have to give that up. You can't be free unless you do it. And they'll say, I can't stand the anxiety or the tension. It's like, you can, because you've already been dealing with it. It's an illusion to think the diet or the food or the alcohol or- take any of that away. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's and still that's being right there, felt. Start, we point them back to their own experience, right? Oh, well, you know, the good old, I'm not a big fan of Dr. Phil, but how's it working for you? <laughs> exactly. Because it's already here. And I remember we were talking about feeling fat. The very first time I heard this was I was, I think at the very start of my eating disorder recovery and my therapist said, how are you feeling? And I said, I feel fat. And she said, fat's not a feeling. And I said, it's the only feeling I have. From that, everything changed. And that's a perfect segue because fat isn't a feeling, but it's the way I think I feel fat and I'm stressed are the two safe ways we can express our emotional experience in a patriarchal culture. Because how are you doing? And you say, I'm grieving today. They're like, Uh, whoa, hold the phone. I'm sorry. Bye. See you later. We don't talk about grief. We don't talk about depression. We don't talk about sadness. We don't talk about anything that I'm fine. How are you? And this is all, you know, here's how I have my life totally together. And here's how we can safely, because it's common, we can somewhat express ourselves through the stress language and the fat language. And it's high level. It's a, it's a comfort zone, but we're not really getting into the depths. And we're connecting. We're connecting through pain because misery loves company. But if you go out and really are truly in alignment, fully restored, you're in your ecstatic embodiment. Well, that triggers. Exactly. It's like what I was saying at the beginning. If I say I feel fat, then everybody knows what I'm talking about. All the other women in the room. If I say I'm afraid and I don't even know what I'm afraid of, there's no go on a diet for that. (laughs) There's no, have you tried this great new drink (laughs) for that? Here's the pill, here's the quick fix, here's a magic wand. When really 
putting your arm around the dragon, the demon, the whatever, and having compassionate awareness is not, it doesn't take you, you know, into freedom. It takes you into a process of, of healing your goddamn soul. Who's got time for that? That's scary. Payoff. Oh my gosh. And, but yoga does offer a system for this. So that's what the eight limbs are for. It does offer way. It does offer all of this. What doesn't offer sometimes is a teacher who doesn't do their own work and you bring something to the mat or you bring something to the class and nobody wants to hear it. I was also trained as a yoga teacher and did it for so many years, but I would have people say, I never heard this in yoga before. Go to the class that teaches this too, because it's not just the postures. In fact, that's just one tiny piece of the whole. Tiny, tiny piece. And really the deepest part of the practice is the ahimsa, which we gloss right over because it seems so essential, so basic, nonviolence. But if you actually look and read into what ahimsa really means, the actual translation of it is compassionate awareness. So to have not for nonviolence to be an option, we have to have compassionate awareness. And that, and it starts, of course, within ourselves, period. So the fat, so I created, you know, another acronym. (laughs) So to move from that fat experience, the fear, the anxiety, the tension to that free experience takes many steps. The first one is what we need to do is feel all truth. And it's so actually the kind of sequela is fear, anxiety, tension happens when we're forgetting Atman temporarily. And that word Atman or Atman Vidya means you are a spark of the divine. However you want to translate that, you're from the you know body of Christ, whatever your tradition is, all traditions fit, but acknowledge your divinity. Your divinity beyond this physical self is not your foundation. It seems like it. It seems like the whole package. It's not in the, you know, what is it? You know, Carl Jung, we have, we don't have a body, we have a soul. And forgetting Atman temporarily, that separation from our divine nature. How do we get back to that? We have to feel all truth because those feelings that come up sitting with what's the main lesson of yoga. First, Tanjali's first sutra, sit, sit. It's not do warrior poses. It's sit. (laughs) Well, you know, going through now here in, I'm in California and Northern California, Southern California, very big on fit, being fit. And so you go to yoga to be fit, but it not spiritually fit and not emotionally fit, physically fit, whatever that is, fit into these pants, <laughs> into this tiny shirt, fit into this look and into this age group and into this thing. And when you don't, and I don't know, I see a lot of people don't continue into yoga because there's no fat acceptance. There's no body acceptance. There's no just human acceptance. There's a perfectionistic attitude about it that just drove me insane. I hated it. Very much like the spiritual bypassing. Don't sit with your suffering. You don't have to. You can, like I said, I can choose not to age. Like, oh, come on. Serious? You're not doing anybody favors. Like, what? How much can you be? Like, we're human. The trees are going to grow and die and fall down. Like, you think you're different? You think you're special? I think yoga also teaches us that we are special. We are divine. But we're also not that special. <laughs> we're one drop of the ocean. We make it up, but we're also that humility. But the method. It's like that song, 
What if we're all just slobs on the bus trying to get home? Yeah, I teach people the eight limbs of yoga, but the kind of a meditation or process that I teach folks is called to like, how do we feel all truth? How do we transcend from that fat experience? If it isn't dieting and controlling our body, how do we change that experience? Well, number one, you know, acceptance is number one, but you just to sit with it. I created the fat practice, but spelled P-H-A-T. <laughs> a little shift. Yeah, I and love that. What that is, it's meditation 101, but it's a little more than that. It's the P is physical presence. And that's the hardest, often the hardest part for folks because they're saying, I'm wildly uncomfortable in my body. You're telling me to get back in my body. The disconnect is actually what's making you experience your body in a distorted way. And it's trauma. It is a trauma informed because you'll see this a lot now. I'm seeing it. It'll pop up in a lot of places. The five senses. What do you physically see, hear, taste, smell, feel? Physically. And literally, like eyes open, look around and say to yourself, that's very root chakra, you know, because we got to go down to go up. So root chakra embodiment and affirm I am safe and look around. It's that starting of the trust process. Look around and say, even though we're feeling wildly uncomfortable, scared, that fear, anxiety, tension. Okay, I am in my bedroom. You know, it's 4 p.m. I'm in my house and I am safe. Like literally use your, acknowledge your own reality. Like I am safe. So you start there. And then H is hearing your heart. Then you do a connection, second and fourth chakras, the two emotional centers. And when it's that, I feel fat and your whole experience of yourself changes. That's deeper than, oh, I had a negative thought or I saw a skinny model or I'm triggered by Instagram. It's more this deeper I ate more than I wanted to or whatever it is. Right. So we want to go to that. We want to breathe down into the second chakra with the affirmation or the mantra, I feel. And almost fishing for the deeper meaning and let the blank be filled in on the exhale name it, you know, and you might breathe for 15 minutes and not know, and that's okay. Or you may breathe, take a breath, and 400 emotions show up. Exactly. Everybody rushes to the door. (laughs) And then the A is accept and allow, accept and whatever, no right, no wrong. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to think about it. Watch the thoughts, keep coming back to the felt experience and and validating, which just is all intermothering, which is such a huge piece of work. And the T stands for transformation that just happens at some point or not. You also have to let go. Of, it's a process. Or even let go of what is your idea of transformation? Because maybe you already are in it. Maybe it already happened. Maybe this is you transformed. Yeah. But the experience itself isn't a problem. Relationship to it. And what is it telling? It's like Anita Johnston talks about, you know, it's the eating disorders are the red herrings. They're canary in the mind, that whole thing. And so you feeling that is, well, okay, where am I not taking care of me? What's out of alignment? Where, where am I abandoning myself? Where am I being the dog instead of the right. cat? That's such a great right. analogy. I love that. So <laughs> I'm totally feeling that. I love oh, that. It's okay. So we do need to wrap up a little bit. So is there any last thing that you'd like to put out You have a little platform here that you can say whatever. 
just this is important. You don't have to be unhappy in your body at any age, any size, any shape. It's not a given. Just connect to communities like this. Like it's your birthright to live in that freedom and that peace and that joy. And the world needs it. But change your body image, change the world. That is it literally you being fully you. It serves in all of humanity. Just it does. And you're not making the world bad by being in your suffering. That's not the converse of it. It's just that enjoy. We're here to, I believe yoga teaches us, we're here to remember who we are, to have fun and to be of service. It just be awesome. And that really, truly, if you do yourself and be yourself, that is a service. Yep. And I think that however many years you were doing your dietitian stuff, that was probably wonderful work. And then this is your other wonderful work and other wonderful work and where it changes and grows and does whatever it does. It's an inspiration to people who feel like, especially after COVID, stuck in their little house, in their little box, watching a box, looking at a box. And so that we can step outside that box is a really beautiful thing. And I really very inspired by what you were talking about. So I'm wondering if you can read the bottom of the card today. Today, when I have fat thoughts, I will practice noticing where I learned these thoughts. And if there are any feelings connected to these thoughts, I will then let myself have the feeling and ask what I need. I will tell my body it doesn't have to take it on because I am now working to see it, feel it, express it, and take care of myself. Oh, when Carol and I were writing these cards, obviously we wrote what we inspire to, if you will. Maybe we have some pieces of it or a lot of the pieces of it already. You know, what do we really want to say about this whole feeling and fat thoughts, which people just don't talk about. They don't want to talk about it. It's like, I just shouldn't have fat thoughts. You know, right. I don't, want to give up, and I don't want to give up this drug of distracting myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, the illusion of control. And yeah. But I remember a woman in group that said, my feeling is I shouldn't have fat thoughts. That's not a feeling. That's a belief. That's a belief. People need help with that. What are feelings? What are beliefs? What are thoughts? But it is okay to have fat thoughts if I'm fat. And it would be like, oh, so she had a, what I would call a sandwich. (laughs) All parts of it was not very nice to herself. Yeah. Anyway, so grateful to have you here today. And I really appreciate it. And we'll talk again. Yes. Yes, we will be in touch. Okay. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.